And this is, I think, where a lot of Christians are having a hard time with this whole pandemic and everything, because they're seeing um, rights and freedoms being limited, and then, um, and then they're seeing the reasons f for that, the explanations for that, and they're and they're looking at the the research research that they're finding, and they're saying this doesn't really add up. And so the concern is, and the message from the Bible and and we've the, from the Book of Mormon, uh, there there are a lot of messages there. Be aware of the deceptions of of the adversary of Satan. He will, um, you know, and particularly the Book of Mormon warns us of of what it calls secret combinations in the last days, uh, which what we would call now today like secret societies or or conspiratorial uh, groups, uh, secret groups. Um, that that that, are, that seek harm, that are basically led by by uh, the deceiver. You're listening to a real human being, a podcast about conversation and connection and being human. My name is Josh Putnam, and I believe that everybody is worth listening to. That connection is powerful and healing, and that we need each other. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the show today. Um, I have. A guest I'm really excited about talking to. He's one of my absolute best friends and also happens to be my cousin and his name is James and we're just going to go first name for now to protect um, privacy and all that stuff. Um, so so you can just call him James because um, that's what I call him because it would be weird if I called him by his full name all the time. huh? That's a weird intro. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I, I'm really bad at intros. I've I've realized like um, I watch a lot of YouTube channels and and um, or listen to podcasts and stuff. And and some people they just have it down like they've worked it out how they want to intro and they've got it and it sounds really good. And I'm just really awkward at getting into it still. So I'm hoping that that will come with time. But um, but anyway, that's it is what it is for now. So. Um, so for those who are new here, like basically, I mean, I'm new here <laughs> and this is a new experience, but my goal is for this podcast to just create conversation and, and connection, hopefully, and um, learn interesting things or just have really good experiences connecting with other human beings and other, um, other people. And so like I was, I was talking to to you, James, earlier a couple minutes ago, about I just I think that you know we we see podcasts or or even like talk shows and stuff, and they bring always bring on like celebrities and famous people and experts and in fields and stuff, which is really um, can be really interesting and valuable. But I feel like every person is worth listening to, and um, and has something really great to offer, even if it's just their presence or just a conversation or or their or whatever i just think that we we don't listen enough or we don't connect enough right now in the world and and especially right now seems like that is maybe the most needed thing if we could see each other a little bit more as people as human beings and look on the heart a little bit more we maybe would have um we could avoid some of the major issues we're facing right now in the world so sure. um so on that 
know, like, let's jump into kind of a conversation about some psychology or, or what maybe you've, so James has a, a degree in psychology uh, and, uh, and it has always been something that's been interesting to him. And it's always been pretty interesting to me as well. So anything, what's your take on the, the state of the, the world psychologically right now? Yeah, I mean, like you said, that, that is kind of lacking. And even from the get-go with us calling it social distancing, I think yeah. has been a bit of a problem because that's not really what we're doing. We're just, or what we should be doing, right? We should be connecting more, like you said, but, yeah. uh, and maybe the physical side of things, obviously with the pandemic is we want to be safe that way as well. But um, isolating people really like it, it doesn't help, help right. us mentally. It doesn't help us socially. It doesn't help us in any way. We're, we're social creatures and we should, yeah. we should be connecting. Um, yeah. And I do think that it's, it has uh, contributed a lot to mental health issues on the rise and, and yeah. a lot of problems that way that it's unfortunate for sure. It's real. I mean, and I get it. It's a all in all it's 2020 was a tough year. There was, and no, we're not past it by any means, but um, it, it, it was a complex, it is a complex thing to, to work around and balance between um, and I've just noticed, and I don't know, um, it, it's just been, it seems like there's just a lot of everyone's at each other's throats and, right. and, and there's not as much as there should be for sure, but not as much understanding and, and forgiving. It's, it's just right. Softness or yeah. And yeah. I don't know, just seeing comments, which should never read comments on anything because it's, <laughs> yeah. So, but um, just talking about like, I think the one I was, was, was reading a while back was like when the schools were shut down and all that. And someone had commented on how hard it was for parents with schools shut down, especially working parents that, right. uh, to, to try and balance that. And someone had said some weird comment that uh like well that was your choice to have kids and it's like that's not helpful that's right not is what that's not what's going to help us get through this and it's right got to be understanding that it's a complex issue all the way around um and i think you agree that just understanding is lacking we we better understand and like you said listen to people really try and empathize with people then that's that's what we need right and and it's like you said it's it's a complex issue so i i know why it's happening i know why people are not listening i know why they are um like you said at each other's throats um and i I don't think that there are probably very many of us who are not guilty of being at somebody's throat over this whole thing um it's it's a it's been a very divisive issue um you know i I think that i think that at its core the 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 issue the root is probably fear 
right? Um, fear leads us in all kinds of unhealthy paths um, and, and, and encourages us to respond in ways that are not helpful, like, like you said. Um, yeah. Now, it's, it gets complicated because of, I think, this is something that, for me, I've found the, the most difficult experience of 2020 for me was how do I speak truth and stand up for what I feel is true and right, and also at the same time, be kind and compassionate because I can't always find the words to do both. Yep. And I don't know if it's always possible because on the one hand, things we say, we have a responsibility for the, for what we say and how we say it, but offense also, um, and, and hurt feelings. We, we can't completely avoid saying something that, could hurt somebody's feelings or that somebody could have hurt feelings over or as a response to. Right. What has been your um, experience from that perspective? And what do you think is, is most helpful when you're faced with something that it's like, okay, but, and this is why people are so, but that's not true, but this is true. And that's not true. Right. And, and look at all the, all the data and all the science and all of this and all of that. But um Everyone has, uh, it's, it feels that, that, that people are um, speaking emotionally about topics, which is fine because we're emotional beings, right. but um, in the emotion we lose, it's easy to lose um, grasp of 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 also balancing truth and and um and kindness or like clarity of of, of like seeing clearly what's really going on um behind the scenes so so what do you how have you kind of tried to find a balance where you could stand up for what you feel is right but but also be kind at the same time yeah that's that's the million dollar question, right? Um, yeah. I posted about, not about that on Facebook a uh -huh. while back too, about, um, and I'm getting a little bit spiritual there and that's, that's me. That's all right. Do so, it. Um, I just, I have a lot of friends on Facebook that, um, not a lot. I have some friends on Facebook that, um, are speaking what they believe to be truth, mm -hmm. um, but they do it at you know in a way that's just completely debasing any other right or or lacking compassion or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, where you know if you're that this isn't your ideology, if this isn't what you believe, then then you are essentially a bad person right yeah yeah yep. just a personal and, an, an ad hominem attack right yeah. yeah so and and i posted it just how how I, that that question how do you how do you do it in a way that is not contentious and that was right. the word 
Um, yeah. Like the scriptures say that, you know, contention is of the devil. Right. Uh, there. And, and I posted that I honestly don't think Satan really cares what, what we're saying, mm-hmm. whether it's truth or not, if we're doing it in a contentious way. If he can create division and contention, right. then then he wins and right. he doesn't really necessarily care if, if it's right, if it's the right thing, if you're going about it the wrong way. Right. Um, on the, on the, the, on the flip side of that, do you think God cares about, I mean, cause, cause he clearly cares about truth and right, rightness yeah. and righteousness, but he does also care about compassion too. Right. And that's, that's always the tough one. And, and for years, that's been yeah. on my mind of yeah. how do you balance that? What's the, yeah. the right, the proper way to, to do things? And for myself personally, um, I do my best to err on the side of compassion. Um, right. I mean, when it comes to that, that sort of stuff, the scriptures are, are clear or, you know, abundant in, in, scriptures about charity and and i've always thought it was interesting when he talks to the disciples his disciples that he you know he says by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to one to another one unto another right yeah defining characteristic of a follower of christ is love um not you know how well they how well you follow commandments or how how well anything else whatever it is um it's love what it comes down to and you know the scriptures talk about you know without charity you're nothing like right i i truly believe that this life is about developing that charity and 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 learning how to love really just learning how to love you know the right way that's true love and and not uh, and that's where it gets tough too because right because you know, true love tells the truth and stands for what's right too right yeah. right it's it boundaries does. and holds them God does that right 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 yeah. so it's tough I think yeah. that the balancing act right because I have like I think we we probably fall on on slightly different sides of this let's say the pandemic issue um, mm-hmm. but I think at our core you and I have um, some, we have, have a lot of majors, uh, uh, what would I call them? Congruencies, right? We'd, we align with like what you're talking about here. Like, cause there are a lot of people who, who I would agree with scientifically here, but I, but I don't agree. Uh, but, but who, who are, comfortable with or maybe they just don't even realize they're doing it but but they are comfortable with foregoing compassion too Mm -hmm. right so and and so it's like i'm not comfortable with that i'm also not comfortable with foregoing truth and what i standing for and fighting for what i feel is right either and so i'm just basically been on unco- very uncomfortable this entire year because i can't haven't been able to find the balance where okay what do i how do i say how do i share with somebody where i feel like this position is 
flawed or wrong or and even dangerous but also be compassionate and 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 recognize their their um their so the the um a, a statement or a phrase i've heard a lot from like particularly conservatives is this phrase that like facts don't care about your feelings right i think ben shapiro kind of coined that phrase um and i see where it's coming from i see it's point and i agree to a degree but to me feelings are facts they are the facts of how somebody feels and they matter a lot a lot a lot they just don't change other facts right yeah. and so that therein is this kind of this dance that you're sort of alluding to that's like how do you how do you find that dance i mean how do you dance that dance where you where you do care about other because i can't just coldly say well just facts right like i don't care about how you feel because i do care about how people feel because yeah. it's really i think feelings are uh, an emotion is what makes life kind of worth living otherwise we're just robots um yeah. but they also can lead us we can be deceived very very easily not even necessarily purposefully but even by our own minds like people believe all kinds of untrue things about themselves, right? Um, but it's how they feel. Oh, I feel this way. Oh, I feel like I'm worthless or I'm hopeless. Well, that's not true. You know, they're not. But they feel that way. You know, and and their and their feelings matter a lot. But so it just starts to get complicated um, when you when you try to find a way to balance these these kinds of things. And especially right now, but that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do a podcast like this, because I think that, especially on social media, in comment sections, all your, it's just a, an avatar. It's not even a real person. Right. You're just seeing like a picture of somebody, it might somebody, you know, but like, or maybe know someone you don't know, but, but it's just, it's almost fake. It almost feels like you just, you're not even a real person. They're not a real person. You're just too, you know, pictures on a screen and you can just say whatever you want to say that you would never say in, in real life or, or probably never say it. And if you did, it would create a fight or something, you know, uh, escalate it. Um, but it just feels like people are not seeing each other as, as human, regardless of their differences in opinion or perception. And I think that's a, a dangerous place to be. For sure. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it's, it's totally true that you just, the things that get said on online are just not things that you're, that's not your real person. I don't know. Right. People aren't real and they just, maybe they don't think that what they're saying still carries weight um, and still right. can, can cause problems one way or the other. And at the same time, they can up, uplift, they can totally... Yeah. Yeah, lives for the better um, when when you're considerate about what you're saying and and not only that but who you're talking to the person that you're talking to I think that's kind of what it is if you've got to understand you kind of got to separate the argument and the person um, and and if you can't, if you can't have a conversation 
even a disagreement with a person um, and still love them, still care about them at the same still time. Still feel love for them, would you say? Still love for them. Mm-hmm. Even if you disagree, mm-hmm. then that's where I think it's wrong. Right. I, or at least I think that you lose yourself there and you lose the conversation and you lose the you lose the value, you lose the ability to really do anything productive or good or or that anything that would better yourself or them or you know the the world at large and let's Uh, be honest like the disagreements online never really changes anyone's right right so then all it is is just contention right how is it good so yeah yeah. and uh, however i will say i think sometimes i don't think that the, the two people involved ever have any um change but one thing that does happen i think is people on the outside people the audience who are who are watching who are listening and they're seeing the arguments and they're saying oh that's a good point but because they're not emotionally involved they don't feel personally attacked so so their fight or flight doesn't kick in that's the problem with debates right um debates uh, I think they can be interesting and, and you can you can share information. Um, but debates are always about winning, right? They're not really about truth or coming to the best or, or certainly not about helping another person um, or at least not helping the person you're, you're debating. Um, but I think that what happens is that, especially if you're not good at debating and you're not in that moment, like, the moment you get attacked um, or your position is attacked, the fight or flight response kicks in yeah. and your prefrontal cortex shifts off um, and uh, and shifts to the midbrain, right? So now you're, you can't, you literally cannot um, think clearly. Right. So now you're just reacting on emotion. And that's what's happening, I think, even online, which is kind of weird because you think, well, but you have time to to take a step back and think about what you want to say. But I mean, how many of us, and I'm guilty of this too, where someone like responds to something you say, and and maybe it's unkind or maybe it's truthful, but it just, it stings and you you get um, defensive. You feel attacked. What do you feel is shame, right? You feel like I'm bad. I have to, I have to protect myself. And so, and you like, you're like, oh, just fine. I'll just let it go. Cause I should just let it go and not, not do anything, but you just can't let it go. You're just like all day long. It ruins your whole day. And you just keep thinking about it. And you're trying to figure out what should I say so that I can win this argument so that I can say something that they can't refute. And they'll be like, oh, you, you got me. I've changed my opinion, you know, which has never happened. I mean, probably maybe once in the history of the world but it just it doesn't generally happen so it's like that's my problem that i see with with the way that that people are going about conversing about these things however what i do see and so you know we've uh, you know we've talked a little bit about here about spirituality and, and and religion here and one of the challenges we see here is like satan being the the great deceiver right and this is, I think, where a lot of Christians are having a hard time with this whole 
pandemic and everything because they're seeing um rights and freedoms being limited and then um and then they're seeing the reasons for that the explanations for that and they're and they're looking at the the research research that they're finding and they're saying this doesn't really add up and so the concern is and the message from the bible and and we've that from the book of mormon uh, there there are a lot of messages there be aware of the deceptions of of the adversary of satan he will um you know and particularly the book of mormon warns us of of what it calls secret combinations in the last days uh, which what we would call now today like secret societies or, or conspiratorial uh, groups, uh, secret groups um, that, 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 are, that seek harm, that are basically led by, by uh, the deceiver. And so I think that that's where this, this, this whole issue, especially as we, we, you and I both live in Utah, we grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So we, we live in a very unique kind of spiritual environment or, or cultural environment, I guess is what I should say, that's, that's really just infused with a, a religious component to its core. And so I think that's why the battle here in Utah particularly feels so heated. It's because um, there's a major spiritual or religious component that's like, hey, we've been warned about all this stuff and it's happening. And then other people are saying, no, it's not. It's just, it's just this virus is scare is bad and harmful and dangerous. It's killing people and whatever. And so, so I think that that's where this, why the conversation and why, or not really a conversation, but why this battle has kind of unfolded the way it has is that, um, is that it's, it is more complicated than just simply, we just need to be, kind and considerate and you know because that is a, a a pretty effective way to to uh i guess be deceived yeah. you know and so uh, it just it's a but it's like you've mentioned it's it's a very complex it's a very complex issue and and i've been unwilling as i've said to just simply say only the facts and i and i don't care about your feelings because i do because because it Right. It really matters, especially if you're like we've talked about here and you've talked about if you want to be productive, if you want to have a conversation that's actually going to help somebody, it matters the way you say it, the, the things you say and the way you say them are right. basically all that matters. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, if you want to just be right, then you can fight and you can maybe be right. But who cares a little bit, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a it's a tough one. But um, okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about let's kind of shift gears a little bit here. One thing I was thinking about earlier today was um, uh, well, let's go. Let's shift gears. Let's jump to something completely different. And it's gonna and it's gonna be really random. But yeah. what we'll talk about it, but it has, it has ties to psychology and all that. So um, let's talk about meditation. Do you do much meditation yourself? Yeah, not as much as I should, but um, really the the meditation that I've done consistently is called uh, PMR, progressive muscle relaxation. 
Okay. So that's where you focus on a group. Is it, do you tighten it and then release it or is it? Okay. Kind of by, by zones Mm -hmm. in the body and and go through. Um, Yeah. Which is kind of funny. So for those watching, um, Josh and I used to work together too, um, at Mm -hmm. Covenant, um, a a book publishing company. Yeah. And yeah, I remember, I don't know if you were there when, when we did it, but, um, Wade, uh, we would, me and him would just get angry, um, and just start like kicking boxes and things. Uh And it was just like to be funny and, and all that, but that in itself was like therapeutic. Right. Releasing all this tension and then kind of feel good, which is kind of like what progressive muscle muscle relaxation is doing Uh in, in a sense, not obviously not exactly the same. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So that's kind of what I've done. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned that because I had, I remember my sister telling me a while back about she, I think she read it somewhere or, or she was reading some, some book, um, about, about, um, or it might not have been a book. It might've been, um, reading something, a post from another mother or something. She was, she was doing a lot of research on parenting and what she called like peaceful parenting, you know, just kind of different ideas about how to, how to parent a little bit differently. And, and one, and this, this woman gave an account of, um, kind of working through, she's talking about working through traumas and stuff like that. And, and then working through anger or working through, um, the, you know, uncomfortable or painful emotions that people experience, especially for kids. Um, and she said one of her kids, he had just started, I don't know if he just started elementary school or just started a new grade or something. I don't know, but, um, he would come home from school and he would go into their garage and they had all these old boxes and whatever, and he would just pound on them and just beat on them and kick them and punch them and whatever for just a while. Um, you know, for each, each day, like he would do that every day and he'd come home and he'd do that. And and until after a while, after a while, I don't know, a couple of weeks or months, or I don't know, uh, he just stopped because he just didn't need to do it anymore. But, but it was that same concept. Um, and the same thing that you discovered and experienced you and Wade, um, at covenant would, which was that it, it really is, there is a an emotional um connection or there's a connection between emotion and the physical body and and if we can um in fact uh one thing i've learned so my dad is a massage therapist right and and he's told me many times and then i've i've read this um since then but but that we store our um pain in the body like in different different muscle groups particularly in the soft tissue muscles or or fascia um, we store pain, trauma, and stuff like that. And so, but one thing that can help to release that is physical exertion, something like what you're talking about, uh, kicking boxes or or uh, muscle tension release, you know, progressive um, tensing and then releasing. I think that that's, we don't, we're not taught really often how to utilize our body um, in ways that will be beneficial to our mental health 
Um, I mean, we are some like we, you know, we're, we're often taught about exercise and, and that's good too, but, but yeah, there are a lot of ways I think that the body can, can be used, um, to actually improve our, our mental health. Yeah. I know you've done, uh, you've done a lot of, I've done a lot, done a lot of stuff. You know, we talked, oh, it was probably a few years ago, um, about, meditation and some of that stuff so mm-hmm. what are what are you going to do multiple different types of things what, yeah so um, i've tried i've tried basically everything i could <laughs> I've, I've heard of yeah. um to to try to to um you know because i i've those who are familiar with this channel or this podcast um will will either be familiar or will get familiar with the, with my own struggles with mental health and anxiety and depression. So I, I started trying to find ways to address that issue many years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and so I, I tried a lot of different things and some to great success, some to usually I would say to, um, inconsistent, inconsistent results is what I'd say, yeah. you know? Um, but I think that's common. So, I've tried, um, like, I mean, I first started just trying, you hear about the term or the concept of meditation and you just think, just um, stop, stop thinking. Well, yeah. You think, yeah. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You cross your legs and you're like a monk, you know, in yeah. a monastery and you're, um, but then, you, you know, you hear you're basically, you're just trying to stop thinking or something. And, um, and so I just basically tried to force myself to, oh, every time I thought I'd come in, don't think, don't think, don't think. Yes. And um, it's not, it was not, it was not easy or, or very effective um, for me to do that. So then I tried some other stuff. I, I did what's called transcendental meditation, which is something Jerry Seinfeld does that. And a few other people, I think Russell Brand as well, um, which is basically you're repeating one word over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and I had some success with that at first, and then it didn't seem to, it became more stressful to me um, than, than helpful. And so I did that, and, and, but, but pretty much what I have done, um, well, there's like the, the breathing techniques, like, you know, focusing on your breathing. And, um, and I, I tried that kind of off and on, but one, one that I found that was, that I've kind of integrated, kind of made my own sort of version of, um, of, of my, of meditation that, that that's works for me or that I'm finding more success with is, is utilizing breathing. Um, there's a guy named Wim Hof. Um, I don't know if we've talked about him before or not, or if you've heard of him. Um, he's called the Iceman. He's uh, he's Norwegian, um, and he he holds all like a bunch of different world records for like cold exposure, like extreme temperature exposure, but mostly cold exposure for like breathe, uh, holding his breath underwater, under ice water, being um, buried up to his he was buried up to his neck in in a, a big um, vat of ice for like two hours. That's a world record. Um, and they tested what's amazing about, about Wim and his, his method is that, so he's, he's trained his, his himself to um, not get cold. 
And that's the reason he's able to do all this stuff. Not just like, it's not just mental, like his body doesn't get cold because he's, he's trained himself not to through meditation. So he does this deep breathing techniques and, um, and kind of over oxygenating the body um, for a period of time and then holding the breath. And then it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I'll have to send you some information on it. And I'll put, I'll put some links in the show notes for this because he's, he's a fascinating yeah. guy. Yeah. So I think I saw something about him. It must've been. Yeah, you probably have. He's, he's gained a lot of kind of popularity over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but so I've tried some of that and, and, and doing, even doing some of the cold exposure, he does cold exposure stuff. Like I went, um, was it last year, a couple of years ago, I would go up to the, up the Canyon and we have a little kind of river coming down. And I, I just spent like a while trying to develop my ability to stay under the cold water for as long as I could. And, um, it's, it's, it's tough. I don't like cold <laughs> and I get, I get cold easy and, and like I'm, I'm cold a lot. Like that's sort of just a thing. I've always been cold. Um, and so it's very unpleasant for me, but it's interesting. And I don't know if you've ever done like cold showers or anything like that, but it's very rejuvenating. It's very kind of energizing. And um, so after you're done, it feels awesome. But while you're doing it, it it's unpleasant. But but I, uh, supposedly, and, he, and Wim has trained a bunch of people to do this, but um, they he can train people to, you know, eventually you just, your body doesn't get cold because you've, you've basically, it's basically mind over matter. You've, you've trained your body and said, nope, we don't need to get cold, which is interesting and, and fascinating and remarkable, but just an att a, a testament to the power of the mind, you know, yeah. what it can do. Um, so I've done some of that, but what's, what's really kind of helping me now is, is just, I think what it is, is just um, diligence. So, and I don't even mean like, because I'll take breaks for peri long periods of time, like months without even trying to meditate because I just get overwhelmed with it and I'm tired and and it's not helping me and I'm discouraged and with it and whatever. So yeah. like, I just won't do it. But what I've found is that then when I come back to it, even if it's months later, it's like all of a sudden I'm improved a little bit. I'm like, I can do it a little bit better. And I'm like, it's kind of interesting. So I've just been trying to keep practicing a little bit by little bit. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just improving a little bit where, where I'm able to stay present a little bit more, you know, where, yeah. where, so it's more of, so kind of like yours as mu muscle, you're focusing on the muscles and tensing them and relaxing them and kind of moving down the body or up the body. I don't know which way you go, but, um, but, but it's like this for me, it's just about observing the body. Observing mm -hmm. the body, the sensations in the body, observing what I'm seeing, observing what I'm hearing without thinking about it, like without judging it or trying to um, figure out what could go wrong in this situation or what I need to be aware of and, you know, being afraid or concerned or whatever. So, um, so I'm just improving a little bit by a little bit, but I kind of bring that up because of a couple of things. I think it does have a tie to our conversation. I think one of the issues that, that, that so many people in the world face right now is that we've not been taught how to process emotions in a healthy and proper way. Yeah. So when we have interactions or exchanges with other people and they might say something that based on our own 
belief patterns or our own conditioning or our traumas from when we we're kids or whatever, it triggers an emotion of shame or guilt or fear, then we're just responding out of that place. I think if people learned how to and knew how to process their own emotions a little bit better, that, that maybe we could think a little bit more um, reasonably and a little bit more compassionately when we get triggered as, as it were, right? Um, and then maybe respond a little bit differently. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. They, um, it was interesting talking about that stuff because I, I remember a couple things in in college um, and schooling. So I'm going to back it up just a, a little bit. Um, you talking about breathing. Um, remember we were doing some kind of like body scan type meditation. Um, yeah. Breathing. And the professor had us do breathing, um, some deep, deep breathing. And then he just had us clench our fist mm -hmm. and just clenching your fist affected your breathing. Mm -hmm. And, and you just think about, I mean, how often throughout the day are we tense somewhere and how that's affecting our breathing and how that's affecting our, our thought from there. And, um, yeah. And just something so little can affect so much. And then the other thing that we, uh, we watched a Ted talk and I wish I knew who it was, but I don't, but, um, kind of going over meditation and, and thought and all of that. And he had, uh, he had demonstrated with juggling, um, mm. juggling balls and how, how, like you were talking about, we, we attach feeling to our thoughts so much uh, mm. that we're doing it constantly throughout the day. Um, but juggling, um, when you juggle it, uh, you're, you're focused on it, but you're not like, if you get too focused mm. on one thing, um, you'll mess up, you'll mess up. And uh -huh. so juggling is an interesting thing that, uh, huh. You have kind of a soft focus on on it. You're, you, in fact, you need to like not focus on it too much. Right. You'll you'll screw up. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I don't know. Those are just a couple. That's couple interesting. Thoughts. I'm gonna try that. I'm yeah. gonna try that. Add that to my because that's for for me right now. Like I'm I'm improving a lot. Like I'm able to stay more present and 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 when I realize I'm getting off track, I'm able to pull myself back a little bit more gently. Yeah. Um, but I'm not able to stay in that presence for very long. So I wonder, I'm going to try juggling and see what that do, it does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, it, it uh, there's a, 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 a woman, um, Dr. Shauna Shapiro, who she, I watched a, or listened to a podcast with, with her. She was a guest on a podcast um, a couple of years ago. And she was talking about her, um, her journey learning to meditate, and she like went to like Asia and went to a, mo a monastery and like I mean she really went all in and and was there for a long period of time. Just her only goal was just learning to meditate, and she was like she couldn't do it because every time she do it i try it her mind is all wandering off again and and she and she'd get so frustrated and i know that very well you know that's that's a very f 
familiar and, and a pretty common experience with for people who are trying to learn how to meditate. Um, and she said, one day a monk came from England because nobody else spoke English. So she didn't really have anyone to communicate with, but this guy came from England and she was talking to him about her problem. And he, he said something that was just life-changing to her, um, which was that like, you're not, she told him like what her problem was and that she'd get so frustrated and she can't keep focused and she can't just focus on her breathing and she, whatever. And he was like, you're not practicing, you're not practicing, um, you know, meditation, you're practicing judgment and, and anger and shame. And because he, he said, what you practice grows stronger, right? So that's the phrase she carries with her now, you know, what you practice grows, grows stronger. And I think that that's kind of at, at the core of what I was, what my experience is, has been is that as I've kept trying it over and over again, I am improving at it a little by little. Um, but a major component there is that you're, he's like, you got to be gentle with yourself and kind with yourself as you realize, oh, my thoughts are getting away from me again, you know, and my worries are coming back in. I'm, I'm getting stressed. And I'm, instead of saying, oh, I'm so bad, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a failure. I can't do this. You know, instead of saying that, then you're like, I, um, you know, it's okay. I recognize it. No big deal. It's just gently pull you back to, to, um, to, to the present moment again. And, and so that's what I'm improving at a little bit more. And that's the hardest, that's been the hardest part for me. Yeah. But if you can do that for yourself, like then you can do that for other people. Yeah. I think, um, that brought up another, another thing that I, uh, I don't even remember where I heard it must could have been in school or it could have been like a John Tesh thing on the radio that <laughs> he brought up um, a study that uh, where they had two groups and they had one group um, who throughout the day when they felt worried about something, um, mm -hmm. they, well, one group was just the, the control group. They, didn't really have any instruction. They lived their lived their life as as they they do. The other group um, was supposed to carry around a a little notebook, and anytime they would feel worried, or uh, I think specifically worried was the the big one. But anytime they would feel those emotions, they would write down what it was they were worried about, and then leave it there. And then mm. throughout the day, they'd have one. Uh, one time during the day when they could pull out their notebook and they could worry about whatever they had in the, in the notebook. Um, but mm -hmm. other than that, they couldn't do it. So, and, and those who practice that, who just put things in the notebook, they would have their time to worry about those things. Um, they were much happier than the others who mm -hmm. went, went throughout their day worrying about things mm -hmm. i mean honestly how often do we do that like yeah well i think that i've heard this and i don't know exactly how you measure this but the the idea is that like 95 percent of our thoughts every day are just they're just subconscious thoughts right mm -hmm. and and like you know 90 percent of those are negative 
Because mm-hmm. there, I mean, it, it, a lot of it is, it, it, it's just your subconscious mind trying to keep you safe, right? Oh, remember this time that, that, that this bad thing happened when I was a kid, make sure we never experience that again. So you're constantly scanning, you become hypervigilant, constantly worry, looking for all the things that can go wrong. So that's what, so you're, you're just constantly worried all the time. Yeah. This, this, oh, this is, this could go wrong. And this is, this person, um, is a, is, um, could, could make fun of me. So I better not talk to them. You know, even something that as small as that, like it's, or, or just it creates anxiety when you get around people. That's that's what happens to me, um, mm-hmm. the social anxiety, but, um, so you're just constantly on the, on the, you know, mental lookout for anything that can, that can go wrong. And it's just your brain trying to, trying to keep you safe, but it's also a really terrible way to be happy, you know, in, in life and to engage in life and, and be fulfilled. But yeah. So anyway, well, that's, that's, that's good, a good hour long conversation. I think that's, that's pretty good. Um, Any, um, I'm trying to decide what I want to like do with these. I have like a while back, I made these cards um, that are like intended to like create connection. And so they're just like conversation yeah. questions, you know? I liked those. Those. Um, oh, did I show you that? I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit reluctant to do this every time with every guest because it's, um, you know, not everybody is going to feel comfortable. Um, and I mean, that's sort of the point, you know, you're kind of pushing past a little bit of, of comfort level, but, but I just don't know that it's going to be, um, necessary for everybody, but, but I was just trying to think of a way that, that we could end the conversation, um, that would be kind of interesting and maybe a little bit you know, a, a, a connective thing. Let's see. Okay. So how about this? Um, tell me, tell me a good memory from your childhood. Man, there's a lot of good memories from my childhood. I really feel yeah. like I had a very blessed childhood. Um, mm. And a lot of those good memories are with you. Yeah. And yeah. Likewise. A lot of good memories there. Yeah. I think one good memory and it was a, a good lesson that I learned too was uh, from our second cousin who was another one of my best friends, um, mm-hmm. growing up, lived right by, right, right by me, Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided to learn how to do backflips on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, how old were you about this time? Well, this is probably junior high, high school, maybe, okay. um, around that time. Mm-hmm. And we decided to learn how to do this. And so <laughs> we brought, a mattress. I think we brought a mattress from his house. Uh-huh. It could have been, and this was like you know, three or four houses away. Right. Uh, we were to our backyard, and just kind of in the. Uh, well, you didn't just do it in his backyard. No. So <laughs> it might have been. It might have been ours. I don't know. But um, we put it in the yard and just practiced and uh-huh. learned how to do it. We could we could do backflips standing on the ground. Wow. Through a lot of trial and error, through, but yeah. We, any injuries? Uh, not for, not for him because he never gets injured. But you, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't feel pain. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but he's just, um, he yeah. So a lot of injuries falling on heads and yeah. backs 
stuff. But yeah, that just taught me that you you don't know what you can do until you do it. You just yeah. try. And uh, that was a good memory and good. That's funny. Good lesson learned from that. So that was that was a good one. That's good. Right on. That was a good one. Okay. Well, any last thoughts? Um, or I, you that I think that lesson that story was a pretty good one to end on. You never just, know what you can do unless until you try it. Yeah, I don't know. Just like we talked about, listen and love and yeah. see the good out there. There's a lot of good out there. Uh, yeah. But the yeah, the don't bad. don't don't lose sight that people are uh, that don't lose sight of people's value and their humanity, even if you disagree with them. You know, yeah. try to try to still find a way that that you can um, that you can still. Uh, uh, see them as as a person and and a, and a child of God as somebody who has who has great worth and value and and is and needs your you know compassion yeah and and it's still and you can still disagree but just just right. try to not lose that first piece too right we're going to we yeah. all are different we all have different yeah bringings we have different uh, ways of looking at things and and different beliefs but uh like you said we're all human and we're all figuring things out and i I truly think that the vast majority of people are good yeah um just trying to do their best and i think we're all just trying to do the best we have yeah best we can do with what we what we know and yeah and uh, so be kind and yeah yeah totally awesome man well thank you so much (laughs) 